All right, all right, all right. What up, what up, what up? I am John Muhammad, and this is the John Muhammad Podcast Show. And today we got a legend on board. Now, if you know anything about Queenbridge, then you know something about the Juice Crew. If you know something about the Juice Crew, you know that na- you know names like Big Daddy Kane and Coogee Rap, Biz Marquee, uh, Marley Maul, and MC Shans in the building. Listen, this brother has brought us songs like uh, The Bridge, brought us songs like Kill That Noise. This brother has had some of the most iconic battles in hip hop. And uh, I'm just pleased and I'm thankful that this brothers came on. And uh, we're going to see if we're going to have some fun today. So all my fans, all my followers, all my hip hop heads, welcome on the one and only MC Shans in the building. What up, my brother? What's up? What's that hanging around your damn neck? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I got on my neck? <laughs> what is that thing? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I thought I kept seeing you. I thought you had one of the wires with the phone hooked to your neck. I'm like, what the heck is that? No, no there no, you go. No, See no. it popped up? Look, look. Put your hands up a little bit. My hand up? Like no, that. the other hand. Whatever's in the other hand. You See oh, that right oh, there? That, oh, that's my phone. See, that's what I was like. What the okay. heck is that? It looked like it was hanging from your neck. You oh. know how you got them neck things that they got now where you watch TV comfortably? Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't got that, bro. I ain't got that. But uh, that's what's up, I was man. about to say, I was going to get one because you look very comfortable with that phone sitting there <laughs> like that. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to get me one. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So How you been, brother? And I'm glad and thankful for you to even reach out to me and we can do this podcast. I appreciate you because you could have been talking to somebody else right now, but you chose to talk to me. So I appreciate your patronage. That's something I used to say when I was a DJ in a club. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you, you done did it all. So we're going we gonna to try to cover all of that, man. We got to get to the, because I know I, we know about your rapping, but everybody don't know that you're also a producer too. So we yes, want to- sir. Yeah, we want to get all that in. So I haven't done it in a long time because when you make one of those kind of records and it, make, it makes you money for the rest of your life, you kind of sit down. Okay. <laughs> you kind of sit down so, and say, okay, I'll wait till the next one comes along. No doubt, no doubt. That was a big one too, man. That, that's, that one was everywhere. So, but uh, And it's still everywhere, so I'm thankful. No doubt, no doubt. That's what's up, my brother. So, hey, man, let's take it back. As far as I know, your beginning was 1985. How did you and Molly Maul link up? Who chased who? Did you go after Molly? Did Molly come after you? And uh, I chased him. Okay. I chased Molly. Now here's how it went. Because remember, me and Shantae is like thick and thin. Okay. You know? And so we used to rhyme on the benches. And when Shantae made a record, it was like, whoa, hold up. Now, I had to figure out how was I going to make a record, too, and get his attention at the same time. Mm. So, like I say, I'm a master strategist. What I did was I wrote a whole record about Molly Maul that he couldn't deny. Okay. I wrote a whole record about him. It was called Molly Scratch. Okay. And so I went to him, and I sung Molly Scratch for him off of a paper bag. That I wrote it on one of, you know, back in the days, we didn't have the plastic bags yet. I wrote it on a brown paper bag, went to his house, and he was like, oh, God, because I broke his name down. 
But so that means that my strategy worked. Wow. Wow. And at the time, I used to rhyme with a crew. And there was always rumors in Queensbridge that if you work with Molly, oh, he's going to jerk you. He's going to jerk you. I said, well, if I'm going to get jerked, at least I'm going to have a record. (laughs) (laughs) So... Where I used to be, motherfucking, oh, excuse me. Where I used to be, where I used to be just MC Shan in a group, it went to being MC Shan, a solo band. (laughs) Okay, okay. Y'all don't trust Molly, and to this day, I still look at my partners that was nice and rhyming, and they still nice. I say, well, what what, what about that decision you made? (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Oh, Kim, Infinite, Jazzy Uh Raw, rest your soul, brother. Right, right. No doubt. No doubt. Wow. So so how did that happen with um so we can okay. So how did that happen with uh like with the juice crew? Who was the first one that came in the juice crew? Uh, well the juice crew All right, see the juice crew that y'all know and love is not the original juice crew. The original juice crew is Melly Mel and Curtis Blow. And all of these cats from the Bronx that were all people that hung out at the Disco Fever. The Juice Crew was something that Sal Abatello from the Disco Fever had originated along with Magic. And so that fraction of the Juice Crew was what it is. But the fraction of the Juice Crew that you see nowadays was Mr. Magic's Juice Crew. Okay. That was a Juice Crew that Mr. Magic developed okay so we weren't the first juice crew and so the juice crew history rides long before roxanne shante big daddy canes and business it rides way before that the juice crew history is deep and rich but it's just that when it came down to making the records for it it was Shante and us leading that charge. So that's why, yeah, that's the juice crew that most of the world knows. But anytime I get a chance to tell everybody else that the juice crew that you see is not the original juice crew, I tell it because they need to have their credibility too. The Curtis Blows, the Mike C's, the Fearless Fours, you know what I'm saying? They have to be recognized too. The Melly Mel, they were part of the Juice Crew before we ever was. And so now, sitting there looking at them, it's like they should feel some kind of way because this was their movement before we even got involved. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And we hijacked the name. Magic gave it to us so they can't say nothing. But the Juice Crew is known as Biz, Me, Shantae, Kane, and and G-Rap. Right. Where originally it was them. Wow. Curtis Blow was a was one of the original juice crew. One members. of the originals, mailing them. Anybody anybody that you know that any of that 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 uh that that what's that movie called Crush Groove? Mm-hmm. Any of them people that you seen other than uh Queens Run DMC, any of that 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 predecessor that that was pre-run DMC, right. juice crew. Wow. All of those Bronx cats, Juice Crew. Wow. See, I didn't know that. I had no idea. So I can't I, say all of them. Let me not. Let me not put no falseness out there. But several of them, and they know who they are. And I don't have to name names. They know who they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, that's what's up, man. See, I knew we was gonna get a lot of hip hop uh, 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 lessons today. So I told some of my young cats, I was like, you want to tune in, man, because y'all, you know what I'm saying? You want to know a little bit more about hip hop, man. This is this is the cat to hear from because he was right there look, at the beginning of it. Here's what I could tell them about hip hop. Don't just want to be the artist. Get into the music business because this business will rob you. It will leave you dry. Those 360 deals you're signing away your your rights to your firstborn child. Mm. If you have a way to make these means happen for yourself with all of this internet and whatever's going on, mm. by all means, do it. But also learn your business. Know what a manager does. Know what you know, certain people in this industry do. Stop putting your homeboy on that, that you grew up with as your manager. He knows nothing about this business. Y'all are going to be learning it from the ground up for yourself. Now, imagine if you only had that one hot record and you didn't have the right person to put you where you needed to be. And that was your only shot because you put your boy on the corner. That's your man. That's my manager. He don't know nothing about the music business. Right. You want to hook him up? You go ahead, go out on tour, make that money, start a business, and put them to work that way. Because just going on your tours with you is nothing. Right. Wow. 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 That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So you talked about, I remember uh, I was looking at uh, one of your Instagrams, where you was talking about your relationship with Roxanne Shante. And you said that... Uh, she was flaming hot. And at that moment in time, that's when you started to open up for. Talk a little bit about that and ex give us that whole experience. All right. Let me tell you how that experience was. I was working at a job making $120 a week. All right. After taxes, I would bring home $120 a week. Okay. And I went on tour with Shantae. One time, I made $400 working for 20 minutes. That was it for regular work. Right. That was it. Ain't no more that I ain't trying to, uh, uh. Right. If I could make $400 in 20 minutes doing this, imagine if I made my own album. <laughs> and so with Shantae, everybody in the Juice crew that y'all know as the Juice crew has to pay homage to her. Because if not for her with that Roxanne's revenge, none of us would be who we are today. She opened the doors for me, which I opened the doors for Biz, which Biz opened the doors for Kane, which, you know, wow. and so on and so on. Yeah. And so without Roxanne Shantae, hip-hop would not be what it is today. Because if Roxanne Shantae didn't come around... You wouldn't have a Biz, you wouldn't have a Shan, you wouldn't have a Kane, you wouldn't have a Craig G, you wouldn't have a Cool G rep. Not in the essence that you know it today. We may have all might have done whatever we were doing. We might have been mass killers. Who knows? We might have been in the newspaper for something else other than making records. But thanks to Roxanne Shantae, our lives have turned out other than what it could have been us being from the projects in the hood and having only a limited amount of resources for us to build ourselves up and, and gain wealth. Right. Right. Wow. See, that's more stuff. You know, I remember Roxanne Shantae 
but and I knew I remember she was hot because there really wasn't a lot of females out at that time. And she just, as soon as you heard her over the airwaves, man, she was just, you were just like, wow, who is that? But she was a 14 year old kid. That's who she was. <laughs> a kid, a baby. A 14 year old kid. Wow. Stop the industry. She was the biggest thing in the industry to the point where every city we landed in, they had a battle set up. Roxanne's grandmama was battling Roxanne, Roxanne's niece, nephew, whatever. Yeah. Shantae done ripped more rappers and more wannabe rappers right. in this industry than any man or woman alive. Damn. Every place she landed, there was somebody to battle Shantae. Two and three of them. Mm. So Shantae has motherfucking battled more rappers and more anybody's in this industry than anybody could freaking count. That's correct. She holds the Guinness Book of World Records for that shit. Excuse me again. Yeah, you good. You good, brother. You good. <laughs> Sometimes I try and, you know, because, you know, people see me on my Instagram and they think that I don't have a good diction and they don't think that I can be proper and they don't think that I can speak with intelligence sometimes. And so certain times I like to give them that so that they know that Shan is multifaceted. It's just not what you see, and you can't judge me by one-minute videos that you see with me on the Instagram, because you can never know anyone in one-minute videos. Okay, definitely, definitely. And that's all I give y'all is one-minute videos, so you'll still be interested the next minute I give you. <laughs> <laughs> what you sipping on, man? I see you sipping, what you sipping on? <laughs> You already know my 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 handle, Shizzle with a Whizzle. Okay, okay, yeah. Shizzle with a Whizzle, ain't nothing changed. I, the only thing changed is I don't drink as many of them as I've been. I'm cutting down on drinking wine because anything that's a crutch to you, you have to recognize it. And it's not that I have a drinking problem. It's just that I drink so early in the morning because I live on my own schedule that Let's say I had something to do at two in the afternoon. All right, so if I done drank a four pack of these by 12 in the afternoon, by two in the afternoon, I'm drunk and I can't drive anywhere. Not saying that I can't, but it's illegal. And why risk going to jail for a drunk driving charge? So fuck that. Excuse me again. No, you're good. I got to quit the whistles because it's a hindrance to some of the things that I'm doing. And it's not because that it's a drinking problem. It's because it's a hindrance to everyday life. Okay, got you. Although I'm my own boss and I'm my own this, there's also things that I have to keep focused on. And I have to, you know, separate certain things and recognize what's a crutch and what's not. And that's what grown men do. Okay, got you. Yep, definitely, definitely. I used to smoke a lot of crack. You don't see me smoking crack no more, do you? <laughs> You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> you smoke crack, don't you, boy? <laughs> uh, Anybody that remembers that movie will be laughing right now. You right. smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> right. Yeah. Most and look, and like I say, there's no shame in my game. Anything that I've done in my life is what makes me me. All of my yeah. life experiences bring me to this point, talking to you right now. So I don't regret any of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I was I was talking to one of my shorties, man, and I was just like, 
you know, don't get too down on yourself because everything you go through is for a reason and it's turning, it's, it's shaping you into something. You just got to make the better decision. You know what I'm saying? So whatever that hardship you went through, when you come up out of it, man, you'll be a much better man. But, you know, everybody got to go through their trial and tribulation. That's just, you can't avoid that being here on this earth. Right. But then what you got to realize is that trial and tribulation is actually only in your mind. And when you start setting your thinking to there's no problem, there's only a solution, mm -hmm. then that's when your life is going to change. Because if you're going to go ahead and dwell on a problem, that's all it's going to be is it's going to and the problem is going to come more compounding. As you keep thinking about it, it's going to give you the woes me. But if you think about it as there is no problem. There's only a solution. Mm -hmm. Two plus two is always going to equal four. So there's always a solution to any mathematical problem. And everything in life is a mathematical problem. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All things are dealing with mathematics and you know what I'm saying? So there is never a problem. And once you stop thinking problematically, mm -hmm. your life will change for you. Right. Because you're the only one thinking about that problem. Ain't nobody else think about it but you. Right, exactly. exactly. Everybody else going on about their life. That's, this is what I say about people that bother people. They, get, they leave you with a problem and they go about their normal life while you're sitting there still thinking, why the hell? Exactly. You got to just let it go. Yep. They did that for a reason because they know that that's the type of person that you are. And what they're doing is trying to hinder you from something that you're trying to get to in the first place. Exactly. Because if there were anybody that were trying to uplift you, they wouldn't be saying the things that they got that saying to you to make you think double okay. about your decision. Oh, I'm trying to make a business. Oh, well, you shouldn't try and make a business because... Yeah. That's the people that you don't listen to. The minute that they say anything unpositive, that they don't have anything good to say, leave them alone. Yeah. Walk about your business. Don't let them change what you think about your goals and your future and whatever. They have no, those are your haters. That's so, you know what I'm saying? That word that they use so much. Those are the people that don't want to see you get the way you get because they ain't there. Okay. And all they can do is put a problem in front of you. So now you got a new obstacle and they still over here being the bum that they are. But while you're trying to progress, now you got a new obstacle in your in your face because of something that some bum motherfucker, excuse me again, mm -hmm. some bum put in your head. Like I said, all of the problems are in your mind. And once you come to the thought of, Ain't no problem. There's only solutions. That's when you're going to change your life is all I'm saying. No doubt. No, most deaf. Most deaf. Um, okay. Well, let's go to, because uh, our, our, our people sending in questions. Somebody wants to know about that KRS-One battle. They want to know, how did that start? How did that, was that behind the scenes? Y'all had a problem or was it just used? He was a new kid on the block. You had the title. And so, okay, he's coming out. That's it. He was the new kid on the block, and you can't get mad because back in the days, hip-hop was a gladiator sport. Okay, so you didn't be mad about somebody making a diss record about you. You know what I'm saying? What I have a problem with in 2020 is where people always say the Shan Chris battle. 
there never was a battle between me and Chris. And you can go and ask him yourself, did you and Stan ever battle? And he's going to say no. And then you got to say to yourself, well, why you keep saying that bull crap? <laughs> why you keep saying I took him out? And y'all never battled. Right, right. Well, I, I did see, I remember the uh, Sprite commercial. So That was the closest thing to a battle that we ever had. Now, if people don't understand it, me and Chris was on tour many, many yearns together. There never was a time where Chris stepped on my stage show and we started a battle. Never was it a time when I stepped on his stage show. We gave each other that respect because if it would have went that far, it would have went deeper than what it was. But y'all ain't never see. Y'all see how skinny I am? Mm. Y'all remember PM Dawn, right? How big he was? Mm-hmm. Chris disrespected him so much that he went and pushed him off his own stage set. Chris ain't never pushed me off of nothing because <laughs> he was my man. And we had mutual respect for each other like that. I don't care that he's 20 times bigger than me. I don't care. Right. right. But that's just what we was on. And if we would have kept on the road that we was going, that battle changed hip-hop. Hip-hop was at a standstill at that point. Mm -hmm. Right? And so that so-called battle, shall I say, changed hip-hop because it was like all the dancing and all the, the jigaboo stuff was running out. And then it came back to the original of what hip-hop was, and it just took off. Battle hip-hop, battle hip-hop. Right. And, we and, and instead of the battles being in your neighborhood now, the battle went across the world. Mm. Everybody, You could talk about the Chris and Shan battle, the supposedly battle in England. And people will have an, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Right. right. People will have uh, have an uh, an opinion on it. Okay. Right. Right. So we went from the hood to all good. <laughs> right. I remember KRS One uh, doing an interview, and I never forgot it because he gave you great praise. He said that. I could tell you what he said, that if there were, if he wouldn't have said, if he wouldn't have, if MC Shan wouldn't have decided to respond, there'd be no KRS-One, there'd be no PDP, nothing. Exactly. That's what he said. <laughs> and it blew me away, and I was just like, wow, he's right. If you was kind of prima donna or, hey, I don't know, this cat, he ain't got no hit record, he don't even have the right to battle me. All right, but see, what you don't understand is that was Molly's feeling. Okay. Where I was that, oh, let's get him. Right. Why you didn't hear another record after South Bronx or, or whatever it was, the second one that came out, mm -hmm. is because Molly didn't want to make him more famous than he was. And I'm like, Molly, he's already famous. Okay. And so... Molly never made, and back then you had to do what your producer said. It wasn't like now for somebody told me, Shan, you can't make a record. I can go right up in my living room, turn the laptop on. Yeah. Back then, you needed a real producer. So Molly said there was no song getting ready to go on. It was no song. And so I got to live with that stigma for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you didn't answer him, but I bet you I called him out two weeks ago with no response. I was knocking on his door. Right, right, right. Right. Wow. Wow. My look, and my my thing was, I'm not thinking about you. You're not thinking about me. 
let's go your last album against my last album. And then let's make it even more fairer. You go listen to my album and pick the four wackest songs that you think I have. And I will go on your album and pick the four wackest songs that you got that I think you have. And let's go on verses. Okay. No response. <laughs> Mm -hmm. See, versus is one of them things where, yo, it's already material made. Ain't nothing new. Ain't none of that. I don't want to do diss records. See, diss records, I, you can you can make people laugh and they lose the content of what the rhyme skill is about. I can talk about his nose. You'll be laughing. Yeah, but you won't dig deep into how lyrically fucking skilled I am. Because I got you laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And that's what this record's all about. Yeah. And so, in the end of the day, I'm like, forget about a disc record. Let's go on skills. I will crush you skill-wise. Lyrically, I will crush you. Not saying that you're a whack rapper. Mm. All I'm saying is the content and the styles and my flows and the way I did things. And mm. it's on top of the fact that you stole my style in the first place and you ran with it your whole career. <laughs> wow. wow. That's what's because up. listen, like I say, all of you people that are KRS One fans, I need you to go listen to a song that's called 1241. It's made by a group called 1241. And it's called Success is the Word. This is KRS One before he decided to dish in. And you'll see that his style was totally different. Yeah. So when he heard the bridge, he jacked my style from the bridge. So you think that, that hip hop that is start out in Queens if you play. now remember, you only hear the story again and again, how it all got started. You know that Paul style. If yeah. you listen to twelve forty one, then you listen to how he was talking on the bridges over, you see he plainly stole my style. Mm -hmm. The first biter in history. Uh, sorry. <laughs> We didn't play the biting thing back then, but you bit my whole style and you made a career off it. But yeah. now I'm, I'm like saying, stop saying that you took me out, my man. It's, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing to be mad at, but come on, my nigga, you, you never did that. Why are you telling this 30-year lie? Okay. We battled. I took Trim C. Shan out. All right, now we got to understand. We've got a tape of the Cool Mo D, Busy B battle, Right. Right. We've got tapes of the Cold Crush versus, you know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody has a video. Nobody has a cassette. Nobody has a muffle about Chris taking Shan out. And you know that would have been some monumental mm -hmm. hip-hop nostalgia. Nobody can bring forth a tape of Chris taking me out anywhere, ever. Okay. Wow. Let's go with the evidence. Okay. Don't just send me to jail for 20 years with no evidence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, what about, because I noticed this one myself, and I always wanted to ask a question about the LL Cool J uh, battle, which you came with the, the song. Uh, Beat and uh, the first, I, I always remembered that that uh, that verse you spit, where you said uh, at the end of it, you said you rocked the bells, but you stole my beat. And the other thing that I had noticed is clothes-wise, 
y'all was very similar. Y'all had the Kango. Y'all had the jumpsuit. Both of y'all had the dookie rope. Both of y'all had the, the four-finger uh, on your hand. So And I can explain that. And I can explain that all in one major sentence. Yeah. Why we look the same is because we didn't want to take on the persona of the Grandmaster Flashes. You remember how Flash and them used to dress? Oh, yeah. You remember how Bambada and them used to dress? Yeah. yeah. The, the, Fearless Four, they had the suits and the temptation move. Yeah, yeah. We moved away from that. What we did was we took on the personas of the B-Boy. Mm-hmm. The B-Boys was the break dancers. They wore the Kangos. They wore the track suits. They wore the Adidas. They wore the Pumas. Now, if you want to go back and look at history, you'll see that my style and LL style is neither one of our creation. Okay. We borrowed that from the B-Boys. Okay, yeah. now, as far as how Rock the Bells came about, I was on tour with LL. And my record was, I had, my record was playing. Molly Scratch was on the radio for six months without having a record. Okay. And then we were on tour. And LL called me one day, say, yo, Shan, I want you to hear my new record. I want you to hear my new record. Yeah. And when I heard the record, me having an ego, ah, I didn't listen to it very well. Okay. But when I finally listened to Rock the Bells, I was like, oh. You stole my beat from Molly Scratch. Now, remember, I came from a time where stealing anything was a violation. Style, words, if you said something close. So he had the beat. And it was like, and then you had nerve enough to play it for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? As young men we were, you know, but L used to try and bully me. (laughs) I love my Uncle L right now. Although I'm older than him, I, I suspect. I love Uncle L. <laughs> but he used to try and bully me because, you know, he wasn't always as big as he was. Then that nigga got swole up, and I'm still skinny. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, he big as hell, man. He, so he used to try and bully me in certain occasions. And one time he told me, he said, you better not show up in Syracuse. I showed up in Syracuse. <laughs> Boy, you got the reputation of being crazy, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I know you other look, but but that right there was, you know, but it wasn't his doing. That was Rick Rubin's doing. Okay. Rick Rubin. That was Rick Rubin. Yeah, he the one that made the beat for him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe LL might have said, yo, Shan got this beat that he's killing him on tour. I don't know how the story or how it went down, but it don't matter. You know, that that's past history, and me and L love each other to this day. Right. You know, and when I go and when I get on the phone with him, the first thing I'll say something to him, and I love to hear the nigga laugh. <laughs> uh, you know that LL laugh that he got. You know, I always say some funny fuck nigga shit to him and make him laugh because I gotta hear his laugh and shit. <laughs> right, right. I got a cat here who said that um, uh, CPN. I guess he was in Harlem on One Twelfth Street when he said you and LL Cool J had a battle and y'all kept him up all night. Is that true? Does that sound like? Look, if he wants me, if he wants me to agree to that, so he could say, Shan, you a liar. That never happened. I'm going to tell him he's a liar. That never happened. Now, mm-hmm. no disrespect. Maybe your interpretation might have been somebody playing 
our records on the radio or something. But me and LL never had them. Only battle me and LL had is that Syracuse show that I talked about. We never really had no battle like that. I don't know. Somebody fooling you. You might have been a little bit too young. <laughs> he might have been a little bit too young to recognize what was going on, but it wasn't me and LL. It wasn't you and L. Okay. Okay. Got right. it. Right. But he might have found me hunging up on, on 135th in Amsterdam, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... No, 133rd in Amsterdam. <laughs> okay, okay. So Manhattanville. Right. Years later, I wanted to ask you, um, now what was your feelings on... Because you and LL doing the battle, the, the the battle thing or the diss thing or whatever. And then years later, Molly Ma is now doing Mama Said Knock You Out album. Did you have an issue with that? Or or by that time, you, you really didn't care? Of course I had an issue with that. Because <laughs> it's like, let's say you and your mans, right? And 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 your and the dude robbed you, right? Okay. And now next thing you know, your man's hanging out with the dude that robbed you. Like yo, what kind of yo? You're right. And if you think about it, Molly made records with everyone that I dissed. He made records with Chris. He made he produced the album for Chris. He produced the album for LL. I guess they wanted Molly's touch. Yeah. <laughs> That made me so incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He had that touch, man. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. I always wondered that because I, I didn't know what the situation or the relationship was at that point in time. Oh, I was mad at Molly when I was younger, but I'm a grown-ass man now. You know what I'm saying? I understand. You ain't making no money making no Shan records. Shan ain't making no records. Kane and them producing their own stuff. You got to do what you got to do. No doubt. To feed your kid. But see, as a young man, I don't understand that ego stands in the way. Okay. So I'm like, oh, forget Molly. You produce him. You produce him. Mm -hmm. But as a grown man, it's like, shit. I'd do a record with Chris if it meant feed my family. That's fake, what I'm saying. Because he always thinks that I need him to make some money. Chris, I'm sitting here good. I'm very good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's go into, okay, you had a, a great career rapping, and then you started getting off into the producing. And all of a sudden, we're seeing this white boy on TV with the farmer. And it was- All right, let me say the real word for you. Okay. <laughs> and farmer, you know, say that it's snow me, I'm gonna blame. I lick your boom boom down. Detective uh -oh. Monaster said that is snow me step somewhere down the land. I lick your boom boom down. <laughs> uh, he was saying he lick a boom boom down. Oh wow. Look, I'm probably one of the only black people in America that can understand that. <laughs> right. But that right there changed my whole career path. Mm. A lot of people don't know that I went from rapping to producing. And see, and KRS One took that as an opportunity to say, "Oh, that's how I crushed Shan career." Okay. Shan wasn't making any records anymore. You know what I'm saying? Shan was producing Snow, and while y'all going out on hip hop tours, making this crappy money, 
Shan got six cars in his yard. Shan's flying everywhere, and y'all can't do that because y'all too busy out here singing your hip-hop song. I had to get away from hip-hop because hip-hop wasn't a a good thing for me. It was jerking me. So when I found that I could make more money as a producer outside of hip-hop, what do you think I was going to do? You think I'm going to stay over here and and, and try and get sips out of this empty bottle, or you think I'm going to go with the full one? Exactly. All right, the full one. Here we go. Right, right, right. Wow. And look what happened. The full one is still paying off in 2020 because a song that I made in 1992. I said, now, get what I'm saying. 1992. Came back around in 2019 and it sold 41 times platinum. Wow. Did I say that right? Uh, you said 41 times platinum. Two billion YouTube views in one year. You know, some people take seven years to get two billion YouTube views. Right. And I'm getting a check off that. So everybody that likes to say, yo, yo, KRS-One killed your career. Mm-hmm. If somebody's ever going to kill your career, you will want them to kill their, your career like Chris killed mine because I'm getting money, baby. <laughs> okay. Now, you did say, I remember looking at one of your Instagrams, and you was given a kind of a history lesson on, you said you had made $14 million. $14 million. And you lost $14 million. I didn't lose fourteen million. You didn't lose it. I spent the shit. <laughs> There's a difference. Right. See, when you lose some shit, you got it, and you drop it, and you don't know where it's at. Okay, got See, it. It's sort of the same thing. <laughs> I spent it, and they have nothing to show for it in 2020. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll go back to 2018. I have n- nothing to show for that fourteen million dollars. <laughs> At all. Now, look. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Because I was on that ghetto bullshit. That black man ghetto got to have jewelry, got to have cars, got to have this, got to have that. Yeah. That's what got rid of that 14 million. Being a ghetto, never had nothing before. But I bet you I won't do the same thing. And if anybody follow my Instagram, you see I'm making investments now that are way different from when I was a young man. Okay, right. See, most cats, they would have got on your show and you would have seen them blinged out with the jury, keep putting their watch up so the watch shine in your face. Right. Yeah, right. I don't own rings. I don't own watches. You know where I get my time from? My telephone. Mm. I don't need all of that stuff. What I did was, where, where you see me sitting at right now, this is my RV. This is my home outside of my house. This is sitting in my driveway. I got televisions. I've got bathrooms, I've got showers, all that in here, right? Right. Outside this window, there's a bus. That's my party bus. Behind the party bus, there's a boat back there somewhere. Okay. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm doing with my money now. Forget a, forget a chain. Right. right. I could have a chain 
or I could have that bus right there. And that bus, as we know, I'm turning it into a party bus. So that means the money that I spent on it, it's going to generate more capital coming back. It's about learning how to spend money and being wise with your money, which I learned. Because when you spend $14 million and ain't got a goddamn thing to show for it, it hurts. I guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah, real talk, real talk. That's crazy right there. But so how did you now when you said 14 million, this was over your whole career or this was uh this was just in the snow era. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something you don't know about me. Okay. I've got a record that's in the Guinness Book of World Records two times. Okay. That informer made the Guinness Book of World Records. Okay. I don't even mind. I think they should put it in again for the for the one hit wonder that came back around and make niggas wonder how you did that again. <laughs> 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 right. Mm, mm. That's crazy. That's crazy. But uh yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um well I wanted to get because like I said, I do I, I listen to your Instagram. And that's when I was like, you know, he is wild, but he's he's got a mind on him. He, he's doing a lot of thinking. And, and uh, you didn't think that I can speak without having a cuss word every two seconds in my phrase, didn't you? See, that's the misconception that Instagram gives off about people sometimes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're a little wild. You're a little wild. Um, so 2020. This has been a, a very different year. Coronavirus. I seen you. You had your mask. You had your gloves. You was giving some game on. Hey, y'all better take this thing seriously. But eventually, they're going to come with this vaccination. What do you think about that? And would you be willing to take it? Nope. Now, listen, here's how they're going to they're gonna make you take it. They tried to do it with me like here's this. They wanted me to do something on BET, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to come to my house and they wanted to test me, test my children. I don't want our names on that freaking list. Okay. Now, if a major corporation can come and make you take a, a test, right? But the government can't. That's how they're going to circumvent this to okay. make you take a vaccine because they're not going to, the job that you work for, they're not going to give them the funds that they need unless they make their employees take a vaccine. I got my own companies. I don't care about your vaccine, all that. I don't care. I'm not taking your vaccine. I don't have to work for you. My money is going to come anyway. You're going to give me my chip and my bank card to let me put it in there so you can take it, Mr. Government. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not worried about this mandatory, but other people should be. That once you start letting outside, of the, if the government can't make you do it, then don't let the corporations make you do it. And like I said, I stood against BET for the simple fact, who are y'all to come in my house and test me and my fucking kids? Excuse me. Right. Who are y'all? I don't know who your doctors are. How, and you're a Viacom company. You're part of the whole thing. Next thing you know, they come put something in Shan nose and Shan's dead three days later. Exactly. I don't trust these folks. Right, right. So all of that mandatory vaccine, I'm trying to build my life right this second to where 
right, we can see what's coming. I don't want to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got me a bus. I'm a big. I'm gonna make a party bus out of that. I'm gonna invest in some real estate, and I'm gonna keep generating some capital. I'm not gonna be as dumb as I was the first time and spend fourteen million dollars and don't have nothing to show for it. And then my kids, I could have sent all my kids and my nieces and nephews' kids to college. You think I did that? Mm. Wow, wow. Won't happen this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you said something, and I was just like, yeah, he's right on the money. Because instead of going to buy a Benz, go buy the car lot. And then you can drive all the Benzes on the car lot that you want, and then when they're ready to buy them, you can sell them. Right, and get a new one. Exactly, exactly. You still get it. And see, this is not my thing. (laughs) When you buy that super Lamborghini, right? And you take it on the highway, you yeah. can't go no more than 70 miles an hour. Yeah. Right? Can't go more than 70 miles an hour. So what you got all this money? Your third super speeder, mm-hmm. you're going to jail for at least a couple of years because you just ain't learning. Right. So now I got this Lamborghini and I'm going up the highway hitting 160. Mm-hmm. When the police catch you, you're going to jail. Yeah. So... Buying a Lamborghini and buying a Ford is no different. So don't let these artists make you feel or these people driving Mercedes make you feel any different. 70 miles an hour is 70 miles an hour, whether you were doing it on a skateboard, a Mercedes Benz, a fucking jet plane, whatever. Right. So just because, and now you got to look at them. Your shit is paid for, and these niggas got a note, like it's a house note. Right, right. <laughs> yes, you right. can afford it. But now, are you making it work for you tax-wise? This is another thing. Ah, see? Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because you said you was talking about uh, business and how you didn't own anything. I don't own nothing. Okay. My business owns it all. Gotcha. Period. And now, when you have a corporate account, you could have $20 million in it, right? Gotcha. You could have that count for five years, and you're still going to have $20 million. It okay. doesn't bear interest. A corporate account is not like your personal account. Like if you got $20 million in your personal account, every time you flip that interest rate, you get money. Okay. So if you get $60,000 in your corporate account, right, mm. you're going to pay the taxes on it, right? But what's left? What are you going to do with it? You're going to buy a bus. You're going to pay for all the stuff that goes in the bus. You're going to pay for every school. You're going to save every receipt. Because now you done paid the taxes on that. But now when it comes time to hand them receipts in to say what you did with the money, you're going to get a hefty tax return. Mm. Opposed to me doing all of that underneath my personal name, which is going to look like I'm doing it for pleasure. Which there's no tax write-off for maybe a little leeway or whatever. Mm-hmm. But business-wise, I could say I've made a loss and, and write all of that shit off. Right. Okay. There's different different ways to maneuver things, you know what I'm saying? And the richest of the richest have been doing this forever. Like I said, you want to sue them, they don't own anything. Right. The boats, the cars, or whatever, all own corporately. Mm. Period. So let's say 
somebody he gets in an accident with someone, and they say, Oh, he lives in this big mansion, and he got all of this in his yard, now and they looking for a big payday. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Guess what? In the end of the day, that he don't own nothing. All that belongs to the company, but yet I'm enjoying the root the the fruits of what my company bears. Mm. I can take that boat out. I can take this RV out. See, the boat in the RV was owned by me personally before I decided to sell it to my company, which is nothing illegal about that. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm going to do with this RV is when I got a studio in the house and when an artist come over, I'll, rent, I'll pay myself to rent my own RV yeah. and write that shit up because it's, that's the way business works. But if you don't uh, understand these little small things, mm-hmm. or at least get a an idea of what goes on business-wise, you're just going to stay stuck in the grind of, let me pay somebody else's mortgage instead of me getting my own credit up and pay. Because now if you get your own mortgage, let's say you're, you're paying $1,000 for your, your rent in your house and you living in somebody's house. Right. You're paying $1,000, yeah. right? Their yeah. mortgage is only $400. Okay. The poorest of people pay the most money, period. Yeah. So you take and save your money, go get you a house, and instead of paying a thousand dollars a month, now you're paying six hundred a month, which means you got four hundred more to maneuver around with. Okay. Wow. That's all I'm saying. I'm not the smartest businessman. You could have spent fourteen million dollars and ain't got nothing to show for. I'm actually one of the dumbest people you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember you saying that a few times. No, I ain't smart at all. But I do have a do I do have a habit of jumping out of planes with no parachute and figure out how I'm gonna land later. Right. <laughs> no. I'm a daredevil like that. Okay, okay. What about Brianna Taylor? Now we've seen that whole situation. And I was real skeptic because I was like, oh, they done gave her twelve, they done gave their people twelve million. I was like, they don't give money away like that. So when this, this, the, you know, the ruling came in, I truly wasn't surprised. What was your? Outcome? I wasn't surprised at all. Okay. This shit been going on all since what? Rodney King. Mm-hmm. So what made y'all think that Breonna Taylor was gonna change anything? Mm. I'm not with the Black Lives Matter thing. All that. My life matters regardless. I don't need Black Lives Matter to let me know that my life matters. Yeah. But now. Brianna Taylor, did you think, look at George Floyd. What's all, where's all the, all the hoopla about George Floyd right now? Where is it? Okay. The people are sued. What they do with us is they let us scream enough till we can't scream anymore. And we get tired of screaming and then we go back to our normal lives. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then when you look at the protest, you've got more white people out on the protest picket line then you got black people. And I'm not saying, I can't actually say it, but you know, that you they show, excuse me, the white people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're standing up and uh, that's not the movement. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got the white boys going and breaking windows and whatnot. Who are they blaming it on? Right. They're blaming it on us. Yeah, exactly. They're not blaming it on the people that are doing it and they want to call us the savage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, baby. (laughs) Baby, I'm doing a Zoom meeting right now. 
<laughs> Thank you. You can take that in the house, dog. Yeah, that's what's up. I ain't gonna keep I ain't gonna keep you all night, man. But I knew you was gonna give some really good game, man, and uh, a whole lot of. Anytime you want, brother. If you just think like, yo, if you sitting there thinking of a show, and you say, yo, mm. I know who to call on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna definitely get some interesting insight on this. Your right. numbers locked. Yep. In my phone, Mister Muhammad. Yes, sir. Numbers locked anytime you want. You know, and I like I said, I appreciate you because you could have been talking to somebody else, but you decided to talk to me tonight. So I appreciate you and love your patronage. Like I said, that's something I used to say as a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't let you go without asking you this one. I kind of know where everybody's going, but I know you think a little different. November, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, who you got? Come on, man. Mike is my partner, yo. I got the ring. My, when Mike Tyson won all three titles, when he un, united the titles, he gave me the ring. Because yeah. I was at that fight with him. And if you ever listen to his, his podcast with LL, he tells L, yo, you know MC Sheen with the first one fucking with the fighters, right? <laughs> yo, I used to be a yo, and he told LL that, like, yo, but he gave me the ring. Yeah. That he won. It's not real. It's a plastic, but it's still boxing memorabilia. Yeah. And so, who you think I'm going with? I like Roy Jones, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like I got to go with my partner, Mike. Right, right, right. Well, uh, I've got him. Yeah. A more accurate question. How many rounds? How's the fight going in? I ain't even gonna do that. Mm -mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how the fight gonna end. Now you gotta remember these are two men. Mike got his Mike. Mike looking like he's ready to do something. Yeah. It's an exhibition fight. Right. It's for charity. You gotta understand that. See now how you got all hyped up. Right. Mike wants to do this because Mike is in. Mike is different now. Yeah. Mike don't want to kill Roy Jones. Mike wants to just fight him, beat him up, and get the money for charity. Yeah. It's not going to be the same type of Mike Tyson fight, that I don't think. And if it is, I'll be very surprised. Okay. Okay. They're yeah. two older gentlemen now. They don't have anything to prove to anyone, and it's an exhibition fight. Remember the word exhibition. What does that mean? You get two people there, pop, 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 show your skill, show your skill. Uh, not like nobody's winning 20 million. Mike is about some, Mike, Mike has changed so much, and I love the Mike Tyson that he is today. Right. He's changed okay. so much. It's like, he should give any person who was on a different road a fucking glimmer of hope. Yeah. That you can go from being up there to down there to be back, you know what I'm saying, and get your mind right. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Roy Jones got his thing going and whatnot, but I ain't his partner like I am with Mike. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, one more question, and then I'll let you go, brother. All right. I was watching the Fat Joe podcast, and uh, he had uh, Big Daddy Kane on there. And of course, they doing the versus thing, and Big Daddy, they trying to get Big Daddy and Rakim uh, together. And then they mention KRS One and MC Shan. Would you be willing? I already told you that. Didn't I tell you? 
Yeah. He picked four of my whackers, and I picked four of his whackers from our last album. Nothing new that we wrote. Okay. Your last album against my last album, and leave it at that and see who's more lyrically motherfucking skilled. Okay. Gotcha. That's all I'm saying. Not the challenge I put to him. It can't get no simpler than that. Right. You don't have to write nothing about Shan. I don't have to write nothing about Chris. Let's see who's lyrically superior. That's it. Gotcha. On a day-to-day basis, when we just make records, yeah. when we make songs, things that we feel, let's see who's just more credible. Y'all go listen for yourself. Right. MC Shan's album is called Balls Over Bullshit. Right. You can find it on YouTube for free. Okay. And his album is called Street Lights. That's his last album. Okay. Yeah, I'll go play the two and tell me who's superior. Uh-huh. Okay. Got you. Got you, my brother. Got you, my brother. Man, this has been great, bro. I really appreciate you coming through, man. This has been... I appreciate you having me. Yeah, this has been excellent. Now, look, now I got to get out the RV because I got my partner sitting outside, but they just... Yeah. Gotta give me my respect in my room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, this is this is like motherfucking major stuff to me. You know what I mean? No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I appreciate you, MC Shan, man. This has been this has been real, man. And I know I, I can't wait to talk to my guys because uh, you know they all was there. They was you know, so everybody was shooting me like, hey man, ask this question, ask that question. But I didn't want to keep you all day. I, you know, we might do an hour. If there was another time, we could do it all day. But today, I got partners outside the uh, outside the RV waiting on me. Got you, got you. And I got at least two more whistles. Now I'm gonna drink this. My last whistle today. I ain't doing no more. I'm done. You done? Okay. I'm done. Well, hey man, you stay up, man. Stay safe out here. I'm gonna keep my eye on you. I got your number, and I'm gonna holler at you, bro, for real. All right, Mister Mohammed. And you see how easy it was for us to hook up? Yep. So you, yep. So you know I'm as humble as I look. Yep, 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 yep. I, I, was, <laughs> back, I was just like, I don't know, he might not. But then when you hit, I was like, okay, yeah, he, gonna, he coming through. So. <laughs> All right. So you know I do, I do what I say and I say what I do. Yep. <laughs> All That's right. It. That's it. All Thanks, right, bro. brother. Appreciate you. Yep. You stay up, bro. I'm going to holler at you soon. Peace. All right, definitely. You got the number. Yep. Out. Peace.